This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit, in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's 2FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest, and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations and 50 affiliate stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Lott and Sami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sodorch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leaders voices from business, government, media, technology, healthcare, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, Google, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org. Welcome to America's Roundtable. This weekend on America's Roundtable, we are honored and delighted to be joined by Kimberly Yee, the State Treasurer of Arizona. Kimberly Yee is Arizona's Chief Banking and Investment Officer and oversees the cash management of Arizona's $53 billion and state budget and payments to agencies, local governments, and schools. Upon taking office in January 2019, assets under management were at $15.4 billion, and today, assets under management stand at over $30.2 billion, an increase of 96% in just 42 months. And Kimberly Lee also served as state senator from 2013 to 2019 and also served as Senate Majority Leader from 2017 to 2019. And on this note, we once again welcome Treasurer Kimberly Yee to America's Roundtable. A very good morning to you. Welcome, Treasurer Yee. Thank you so much. It's always great to be on your show. Treasurer Yee, in addition to advancing pro-growth solutions and principled ideas in the great state of Arizona, which empowers our fellow Americans, you have also stood strong in your support for Israel's sovereignty and to strengthen the U.S.-Israel partnership on the economic, trade, and security fronts. And last year, in September 2021, through your leadership, you announced that Arizona would divest all state funds, some hundred $143 million from Ben and Jerry's because the ice cream giants announced boycott of Israeli settlements violates state laws. The measure also applied to Ben and Jerry's parent company Unilever. Arizona was the first state to take such action. And this past week, you notified Morningstar that they have 30 days to prove they are not violating Arizona law in actively boycotting the state of Israel or they will be placed on the Arizona Treasury's prohibited investment list. Treasury, could you kindly share with our fellow Americans about your decision as State Treasurer of Arizona to hold to account Morningstar, which has approximately $253 billion in assets under advisement and management? Absolutely. Well, you know, back in 2016, Arizona was a state that passed anti-BDS legislation. Uh, I was privileged to vote in favor of that piece of law. It has been on the books here in Arizona for quite some time. And as you mentioned, you know, last year, that anti-BDS legislation uh, triggered my divestment of $143 million from Unilever, which is the parent company of Ben and Jerry's. And so that, uh, you know, really has created a divestment movement throughout the states of public entities looking very carefully at these companies that are truly boycotting 
Israel, which is anti-Semitic, it's discriminatory, it's wrong. And in this uh, particular case, it's a new company that we have seen go down this BDS path. Um, I notified Morningstar uh, that they have 30 days to prove that they are not violating Arizona law uh, by actively boycotting the state of Israel. Um, the result, if they show that uh, they are truly uh, going down this dangerous path, they will be placed on Arizona's prohibited investment list. And, and this is to ensure that Arizona does not do business with companies that are attempting to undermine Israel's economy and violate Arizona's anti-BDS law. Yeah, as we talked about this earlier on, on America's Roundtable, when they boycott, when these companies target Israel and try to boycott Israel, uh, what they're doing is hurting jobs uh, of individuals that are both Arabs and Jews, and it affects trade between America and Israel too. Absolutely. And that is the true intent of why they try to take the strength of their economy out of the picture, because they know that when an economy goes down, the people go down with that. And then that is really the ultimate goal of these uh, who support boycott divestment sanctions. That's why we passed the anti-BDS law back in 2016. And we are the only state actively putting to the test this very law by removing any funding that goes to companies that are actively um, down the path of discrimination against Israel. Treasury, your leadership in standing with Israel, countering the BDS movement and strengthening America's ties with the Jewish state also affirms the significance of expanding trade and attracting investments, which creates real jobs in Arizona and throughout America. And according to data provided, Arizona's top three exported goods account for 76% of all exports to Israel, amounting to $315 million. Bilateral trade and investments create jobs and fuel economic growth, for Arizona, America, and Israel. And on August 6, 1983, President Ronald Reagan relayed these powerful words on trade, peace, and prosperity. Let me briefly quote this for our listeners. I quote, I'd like to talk to you today about a trade, a powerful force for progress and peace, as you well know. The winds and waters of commerce carry opportunities that help nations grow and bring citizens of the world closer together. Put simply, increased trade spells more jobs, higher earnings, better products, less inflation, and cooperation over confrontation. The freer the flow of world trade, the stronger the tides for economic progress and peace among nations, unquote. Treasury Yee, President Reagan put this in perspective about trade and investments versus conflicts and wars. Treasury Yee, how can we take President Reagan's positive message and apply it today? Well, his words uh, are truly uh, a blessing because that really does show not only his leadership, but his true vision that has continued throughout these decades. And and I truly do believe that as we look at our allies, our friends, um, these are trading partners. And those of us who are in leadership need to continue to uh, strengthen those ties. And we look out for our friends, just as we would in our personal lives. And in these days that we see, there are active movements against those who are our allies. And that is when we need to stand up, even when it's not easy, to be courageous warriors for those who have always been there, a shining light in the Middle East. And I, I truly do believe that 
as we take a stand against these types of decisions by woke corporations um, who are trying to undermine the economy of the state of Israel through these um, boycott, divestment, sanctions movements, we have an opportunity here to push back. And that is exactly what I have done, not only with Unilever, the parent company of Ben and Jerry's, but now today with Morningstar. Um, it is very clear that there is an active, almost an empowered movement to try to um, take these corporations down a very dangerous path. And, and it is our job, you know, as fiduciaries of the people, of those taxpayers, to be responsible, not only to stand up for our friends, our allies like Israel, but to stand up for uh, the companies that are pure trading partners with our very states here in the United States. And, and Israel and Arizona have been longtime trading partners. Um, so when we take a look at these types of ESG policies and the direction in which they are going, they don't stand for American values. And we have to stand up. Um, that is why I issued a notice uh, to, to Morningstar. And the good news is that my divestment of $143 million of the parent company of Ben & Jerry's and Unilever it actually resulted in Unilever changing their course of action. So it is working when we push back against these woke corporations. Right. And Treasury Yi, you also not only pushed back against the companies that were involved in boycott, divest, and sanction movement in, in Israel, but you also on the home front, you have been leading the way in requiring accountability and transparency from companies and entities which are receiving money as investments from Arizona's taxpayers' money. And you're always upholding the principles of the free market economy, which is based on the rule of law while safeguarding Arizona's taxpayers' money. Uh, you co-signed a letter to the U.S. banking industry together with 15 other state governors in November 2021, which among other states, and I quote, as the Obama administration's war on coal demonstrated, reckless attacks on law-abiding energy companies cut off paychecks for workers and take food off the tables of hard-working families. The Biden administration has resumed these attacks by attempting to ban energy exploration on public lands and reportedly pressuring U.S. banks and financial institutions to limit encumber or outright refuse financing for traditional energy production companies, end of quote. Treasury, this kind of political meddling in the free market is typical of command and control obsessed authoritarian regimes. Could you kindly provide us with an update of any developments since this letter was sent to the banking industry? Yes, it, that was sent last year. I've probably written about a dozen letters to the Biden administration and, uh, you know, his climate czar is John Kerry. And they're going down this very woke path of um, anti-energy uh, because it you know, it, it goes against their, their green policies, but it also again goes against uh, lawful United States based American oil companies. And, and that is wrong. I have indicated in my letters, in my communication to the Biden administration and to John Kerry, his climate czar, that I will not do businesses. I will not do business with those financial institutions that are going to not finance 
the energy sector. Uh, what's happening is the left is trying to get rid of oil, gasoline, and coal. And if you want to know why we have inflation and high gas prices at the pump, it's because of this woke agenda by the Biden administration to defund our energy sector with no alternative, no replacement for what they're trying to make scarce. And that um, is, is a situation that directly affects the American consumer. And we have families across America making a decision to try to decide if they want to pay their, put their lights on in their homes or fill up their gas tanks um, to go to work. And, and that is a situation where we have to sit back and go, is this America? Mm-hmm. Because we really should not be in that situation. Those are scenarios of socialist countries. And this Biden administration, uh, the hypocrisy of it, of asking other nations to produce more oil while shutting down the financing of our own American-based energy companies is something that we really have to change immediately, not only from those of us who are in leadership positions, but the uh, the average American is being affected by these woke, dangerous policies. In closing here, Treasury, what is your message to the American people? What can we do to reverse these trends? Uh, what is your positive message to encourage Americans to remain engaged in advancing our shared values and principles? The American family is now seeing the the reality of the dangers of what I consider a political scorecard, not a financial scorecard in this ESG and woke movement. Mm. And when the average American goes to the grocery store and there is not a product on the shelf, and when they go to the gas and they fill it up and they, you know, they are paying at the pump. It is no longer a Republican or Democrat issue. It's an issue of standing up for the American family, the consumer. And I believe that these boards of directors in these woke corporations need to get it um, because it's no longer, you know, these social policies that they're trying to advance. It's hitting the pocketbooks of the average American. That is something that transcends any political policy. It's about um, their rights as Americans. And again, it, it's going, it's only the beginning unless we stop this now. Treasury Kimberly, we thank you so much for joining us on America's Roundtable and for your continued leadership in safeguarding not just only Arizona's uh, public funds and the interests of the citizens of Arizona, uh, but for our strong allies such as Israel and for our fellow Americans. And so we all thank you for your principal leadership. Yes, we greatly appreciate your leadership. Thank you so much, Treasury. Thank you. It's always great to be with you. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's 2FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations and 50 affiliate stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Ladinsami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sodorch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leaders Leading voices from business, government, media, technology, healthcare, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, Google, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org.